Welcome to Coffee Bites, the critically acclaimed show where we take nibbles of data and info and discuss them over coffee. I'm Sams and this is Miles and today we are talking about technology and how it's evolved in the car automotive industry. Um, so yeah, interesting topic. Before we get into that, let's talk about our coffee. Yeah, coffee, all right. <laughs> Miles, what are you drinking? Can't skip that. I'm drinking a three ships decaf, same as last week. Uh, once again, it's a little late for a recording, so I don't want to be going for a double shot at nine o'clock. I will not sleep if I do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have an, I didn't have any decaf coffee in the house, so I got the next best thing, which is an Allagash White Belgian style wheat beer, um, ice cold. I guess that's close to coffee, give or take. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if if you believe that it's like coffee, it's like coffee. Sounds good to me. All right, well, let's crack into this. We'll go with that. So, technology in cars. I know you called me out of the blue on a road trip and was like, "Yeah, we need to talk about this." I'm like, "All right, cool, cool, cool." So, I'll let you. I'll let you start it off here. What are your thoughts? Where is your mind with this? And uh, where do you want to take it? Yeah. So my mind initially about thinking the whole topic and why I thought we wanted to cover it is because as I was driving down the road, uh, my car has one of those fun adaptive cruise controls where you set it to a max speed and it keeps pace with the car in front of you up until that speed. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what just came over. I'm like, wow. Imagine not going on an eight-hour road trip with this. And then I'm like, wait, I've done that. <laughs> the previous car I drove didn't have adaptive cruise control, and I would hold down the gas like a normal person would for eight hours of driving. Yeah. And so that sort of jumped into the cars are a very good example of technology evolving in our life, sort of going back to like our IoT episode, mm-hmm. that it's a good case study in it. Because in a, sh- in a pretty short period of time, we've gone from cars being like, oh my God, we have FM radio stations to does your car drive itself? If it doesn't, it's not a new tech car. Like, if you don't have the, the nicest technology, automatic lane assist, it drives for you, it turns for you, people don't market that as high-tech cars. And so that jump, I think, is something to really look at and see where we started, where we are now. I feel like both of us have been around for a good portion of it. I remember using cassettes in cars. Not much, but I remember doing it at least once or twice. I remember CDs when I was young. I remember having this little case of CDs, like the zip case where you would open it and you would thumb through, figure out mm-hmm. what you want. I always had the Star Wars soundtrack CD yeah. hidden in there somewhere and I would always try and get in the rotation. I never got that far. I got like two songs into it. And they're like, oh, we're going to swap to something else more, more enjoyable for the rest of the car. So I sort of want to jump through that entire journey, see how we've seen it, <laughs> and maybe just talk a little bit about how this demonstrates mm-hmm. future evolution by looking at the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting topic to dive into. Um, so we got a little bit, we got a few things we want to hit on here, but I think we, in order to really start this conversation off, I think we need to take it back to where it started. And I think you mentioned that a little bit. I think that we have to start with radio. Radio waves as a whole. Yeah, I keep on getting radio waves for some reason in my, my mind. I get them all like layered up. I mean, like radio waves are layered up. I get all the information layered. So I just had to do a little bit of digging before just to make sure I knew which one was which. And the technology as a whole of what radio waves are have not changed a whole lot. And to think that the technology that was implemented way back, so like my, my roommate has a 99 Buick. And has a radio in it. And that technology for tuning into radio is very similar to what we would be using or what I use in my car to tune into a radio if I want to mm-hmm. on the back end. And 
I think that that and technology that would exist in early cars, so like really early on emerging technology, jumping to our next point a bit more about safety, we ha- this is a good example of baseline technology that exists in things. Like this baseline tech that was implemented at the start and very early on to the technological, like the techification, I'm going to coin that word now, of cars from being just transport mm-hmm. to having amenities, having luxury features. I think that they there is a pattern of things that stick for long periods of time and things that are short-term, short-lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and radio is a perfect example of this long-term thing. Like, most new cars are going to have some way to tune into a radio. Yeah, and not only, I feel like we can talk about the evolution of the radio a little bit into what, before we talk about safety, because I think safety is probably the most important conversation to have about uh, evolution of technology and vehicles. Yeah. But, um... We can talk about how, like, we have evolved, you're right, like, from the car, from being something that you would have to get into, you know, it's just a transportation to get from point A to point B, to almost being, like, a place of entertainment. Um, You know, it's like you get into your car, you know, I know many people who, like, Mm -hmm. your car is almost like your escape. Not only, you know, it's a completely separate conversation about how driving is an escape for people. Yeah. Um, But, like... You get in your car and, you know, you have you have heated your heated seats and you're like, you know, you can get like a blanket or something and put on, a, you know, some cars. We can talk about that. Like, I feel like we we should like start with the basics and get to the very end because I know, you know, some cars, some cars have more technology in them than you could possibly use. You know, like why go to a movie theater when your friend has a Tesla? We're getting to that point. We can, I think we can probably start at the beginning there with, uh, you know, radios, just like what you're talking about. The AM/FM on the back end hasn't changed as much as the radio waves in the air that we're connecting to. Of course, they've gotten more advanced and evolved. We've figured out how to cram more radio waves over the air. Yeah, we're getting—it's getting more and more dense. But talking about hardware for a second, because hardware is my world right now. Whirling, you're looking back at those old radios in general. Yeah. You know, we take a—you know—turn back the clock through, you know, the 80s, 90s. Even like farther back, you know, just since radio technology was a thing, we would have these, you know, really boxy, very tactile radios. You know, you got your dials, you got your big long antenna. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we made those into cars, you know, you're still having your same thing where, you know, even your screen was just that needle going across a piece of paper, you know, where, you know, your paper had all of the numbers on it. And you're just tuning that needle, um, which was tuning the radio to look over the different uh, bands until you found, you know, you hear the static, static, static. And then you hear like oh, a little bit of faint noise, little faint words or music or something. And then you bring it into focus and you're like, okay, this is fine. And then you just don't want to, you know, you really got what you got back then. You know, you tuned to a radio station and they were playing a song and you're just like, well, this is what I'm going to listen to. Yeah, we didn't have like the CarPlay Spotify integrations where you choose whatever song exactly. you want. Exactly. It's just like you didn't, I think that's something that might take a lot of kids nowadays by store, like by surprise. It's like, hey, not even like 15, 10 years ago, you didn't get to choose what you listen to when you like in the car or like music in general. Like you didn't get to like, hey, I want to listen to this song unless you had like a vinyl or a cassette or a CD as we're getting more towards the future, like, you know, our current time period, it was more just like you click on the radio to the station and you listen to what they play. Yeah. You listen to some person in a radio station playing vinyls or CDs or cassettes or whatever the technology was at the time over the air. So it's like this interesting thing of it's like, uh, we used to have just straight up radios in our car, you know, not much, I mean, of course, they're integrated with the car, so you see, you know, you got your antenna, your extendable antenna 
on the back of your car. Um, you're always going to put your antenna oh, down before you go through a car wash. But we saw those get, you know, from extendable to antennas to almost like a walkie-talkie antenna, like the small rubber ones. Yeah, like the little nubbin ones. Yeah, the little nub ones, and then nothing. Then they're gone. Yeah. I On my car, it's a little plastic, like, fin on the top of the hood, on, like, the top of the cab. That you, you I'm don't, surprised like, you even still have one that you can see from the exterior. It's, Mine's interior. Oh, it is? I believe. You can't, I don't, I mean, I haven't been able to find it. Are you looking for Um, this? I can't find my radio. I mean, I have, I, I know it's there because I've tuned into the radio before, but like. Well, I think, I think that. There is no discernible radio the, the, antenna, rather. Yeah, the lack of transparency in the location of antennas also reflects sort of what this transition of technology is, and that is freedom of choice in technology. I think like moving, before we move on from like the infotainment, I feel like this is a real section on what infotainment is early on. The evolution of this infotainment has gone from you don't have the choice to you have the choice of what you want to listen to. And the evolution mm. has not been one of, it hasn't been designed to let's have better audio quality. It's we want better freedom of choice. In that. Well, I mean, there's always, it. I feel like better audio quality wasn't a driving force. Yeah, I think it's not like it wasn't the main focus. It did happen just as technology evolved. We we're able to condense speakers into smaller areas. We we're able to mm-hmm. make sure this technology is more power efficient. Thus, we we're able to pull more power into it from a source. So, yes, overall, it will become better sounding. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a main target. You have cars where there is a huge targeting of good audio, but those systems already have that freedom of choice. Yeah. And moving from radio to like cassettes to CDs, that sort of jump that you see more and more freedom being developed, a freedom of choice of song. You can seek songs on your CD. So while you're limited to one album, you can choose certain tracks in that album. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to. Um, what we have now where it's like if I'm at a red light I can just open up pull up my phone go on Spotify and choose whatever song I mm-hmm. want and play it and yeah the audio quality is better but that freedom is really really driving that that technological shift yeah. but it still maintains the base mm-hmm. which is it's a funny thing to think about that we still have radio yeah I don't know if Tesla's have radios they do they do okay it's it's just I mean it's a profession you know it's it's still a way of life that we have even and that's i feel like and that's something else to think of is like why even services like spotify have radios you know Mm -hmm. because we're no longer talking about radio waves per se you know we're talking about when you tune into a a lot of radio stations be it the news be it music be it whatever we're almost like tuning into a show you know like we're where we're choosing the curation especially in today's day and age yeah exactly you're choosing to have somebody else curate what you're listening to or hearing about versus having that yourself like me personally i never listen to the radio i have my spotify playlists i have my podcasts that i like to listen to i i've been the person to curate what i listen to for music and i you know that's my choice now i have that option mm-hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with that versus there's nothing wrong with like hey i just want to like listen to my favorite radio station today because yeah. like you know, I've gotten to know that I've got over the course of liking a radio station, you essentially have liked how the someone else has curated the music for you. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I still like, I think that's pretty cool. I think that that's probably the, uh, the strong back end of why radio is still the radio may maybe not being radio waves, but the concept of the radio and the idea of a radio is still so present Mm -hmm. is because in a way it allows you to be worry free, at least with Spotify, like a if you select a song, it will automatically start playing songs like that. Exactly. In a radio type, like a radio type, uh, um, 
a playlist where you can set the tone at the beginning and then it tries to fall out of similar tracks. Mm-hmm. So that appeal is still there. Within, I think that's a Spotify does a really good job of. It is pretty nice. Modernizing, maybe our quotes on that, the concept of the radio, while still not removing what it is at its core, mm-hmm. which is curated for you by someone else where you don't have control. I mean, yes, on Spotify you can skip songs, but I feel like if they remove that, there would be an uprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like its whole pull over Pandora. That's why I feel like yeah, I don't. Is Pandora even like a thing still? That was the first time I've heard someone say Pandora and like two years so i can't imagine that it's not a thing oh, it's probably still a thing but i can't well, imagine that it's as popular as it used to be it's probably like soundcloud like some people use it but i feel like soundcloud's more popular than pandora I think a lot of things are more popular than pandora because pandora is just literally the appification of a radio it is yeah uncontrollable non-skippable yeah pre-curated for you exactly it's like it's a radio for your phone mm-hmm which is kind of funny because it's like you're using your phone, you're plugging your phone into your car to achieve something you already have in your car. But I digress. Yeah, I mean, that's I guess, just, I guess, I guess there is, I guess that's the that's technology doing the same thing like four or five times. I guess where, there is a there can be an argument of like, hey, a radio station doesn't exist for this type of music that I want. So I made my, my so I use Pandora to essentially make my own radio station for the type of music that I want. I'm like, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, if I, I mean, I don't know if there is a, like, lo-fi radio station. And if there is, I, I've never heard it. But maybe that can be something I can find. Yeah. Pandora would be the way you find the radio version of that rather than having to curate it yourself. Exactly. Because, I mean, like, radio is a great way to find new music. It really is. Because, you know, it it is forcing you to listen to things that you wouldn't have... I mean, it's not that you wouldn't have normally picked them because maybe you're like, damn, I like really like this. I want to listen to more of this. It's just that, you know, it kind of is, it kind of addresses the topic of like, you don't know what you don't know, especially with like new stuff coming out all the time, especially if you don't follow a lot of artists, but you like, hey, I liked their song, like, you know, a couple of their songs, but it's not like I'm a, like a diehard fan that you maybe like have, you maybe miss like new releases and stuff mm-hmm. that you listen to the new song. You're like, oh, damn, like this is pretty bop. Yeah, definitely. You know, so there is merit. There's a lot of merit to radio still existing and being a, a part of our um, entertainment ecology. Mm-hmm. Just looping back to the entertainment evolution in vehicles, the integration of our phone and the vehicle, like the two things kind of like meshing together, um, kind of this computer that we carry around in our pocket that knows us and it's kind of like an extension of ourselves and our lives. It's essentially like this little this little computer companion that it, that stores so much of our... It kind of it kind of sounds like very like dystopian. I feel like when you say it like this, but it's like this little computer companion that stores a fair portion of our personalities that we carry in our pocket. Yeah, it's like it's almost our phones have become almost more of an identification than our. I I think that they really have. I mean, I mean, just from the perspective of like what we've like you've taken classes about it, where you know how much people's information are on phone. And I don't think it's it stops information, but it's just like your phone says so much about you nowadays. Because it's like, you know, the lack of customization says some one thing. But in terms of like customization, you know, I pull my phone out of my pocket and you're starting to immediately take things. You know, you, I feel like you can judge a person by your for their phone a lot. You probably can. You can probably get a lot like, of Because it's like, oh, they have, a, they have a Google phone. Well, that could mean that maybe they're a photographer because they like to take like the, the higher quality photos. Maybe they're Android. Maybe they're like a developer. They like to have that like straight from the tap Android updates and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a really nice case. Did, did they get it for just like style? Do they drop their phone? Couldn't a lot? be me. 
you know, is it like something like that? Oh, you have a really nice like sticker on the back of your phone. Oh, that's really cool. Do you like hiking? You know, you know, it's like, it's like a conversation piece and then you like, you know, turn it on and you have your, you immediately have your wallpaper. Yeah, it really is. And you know, I know a lot of people, what they said at their wallpapers, it's for a reason, you know, my home screen is a picture of my wife. So it's like, you know, although that's very popular, it's, you know, a big part of your life is stored in this phone, all your contacts, all your social media, your history, who you've been talking to, you know, what have you been talking about, um, your emails, your search histories, the way that you keep in touch with your friends. I'm just looking through my phone and just making generalized things right now. I mean, how I manage my money, how I pay my bills, who I'm paying bills to. It's a direct portal to you, like to your internet life. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like, you can even say like, what, what video games do I play? Cause I have like companion apps and stuff like that. Like just looking through my phone, you can tell so much about me. Mm-hmm. And even this is another funny thing. Just going to Google's, um, like talking, touching on Google search algorithms like my 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 newsfeed that says even so much more about me but just the fact that we've meshed we've bridged the gap between like now our vehicles are becoming smart the you know the mechanical beasts that we've created to transport us from point a to point b have now become swept up into this ecosystem of connectivity yeah. with you know apple carplay google android well not google it's it's android auto I'm surprised Google never monopolized, like never took claim of that in terms of branding. They probably they probably had like a value proposition and they realized that it just wasn't worth them going in on. What do you mean? Like, I mean, because Android Auto is a Google product. It's just not labeled as a Google product. Yeah, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like them labeling as a Google product would put more pressure on it. If you think of things that have like a big name behind them, there's this inherent pressure of the product. I mean, but there's, it's no it's no secret that it's a Google product. I mean, I feel like if you asked a good number of people if, who made Android Auto, I don't think they would know. I don't know. I I think I think they would. Um we might have to we might have to yeah. challenge we might have to we'll we test, have to that. test that theory. But regardless, it doesn't matter. We're getting off topic. We can put that as the Q&A of this podcast episode. You know no one responds to those Q&As. Uh, one day someone will respond to the Q&A. Aaron responded. This is to your one. call out. Of course, Aaron responded. He just said it. He said he liked it. He liked it a lot. He, I think his, I think his exact wording was just like, "I like this." I'm like, "Thanks, man." Thank you. Aaron. <laughs> Shout out to Aaron. But essentially, our our vehicles are now being built because we're we're talking about like this is the end game of evolution for the radio in the car. Mm-hmm. You still have a radio. You do. Um, I mean, we can talk about Sirius XM too, like um, satellite radio. Yeah, satellite radio where. You kind of have this mix of what I talked about with Pandora, where like satellite radio, you can find a radio station for everything. Oh my god. I was looking through them the other day. There are so many. And I think that the barrier we evolved out of with radio is that radio radio stations are location locked. You know, they're geofenced and you know, you know that you know like you you're going on a road trip and ninety eight point eight is one thing at home and it's going to be a completely separate station where you're going. Mm-hmm. So satellite radio kind of cuts through that where you can listen to the same thing on the same channel, no matter where you are is it's because it's bouncing off satellites in space versus a radio tower on earth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't pay for Sirius XM because I listen to Spotify. Like I can get all of my stuff on Spotify, but it is yeah. a total. If you don't have the ability to use Spotify though, it is a, a phenomenal alternative it costs the same amount of money so i mean well, i'm saying like if you have a, a vehicle that doesn't allow for bluetooth connection or 
auxiliary connection. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. Some cars are finicky. Um, but yeah, it's it's another option for that. Or again, you you have cars built with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay, mm-hmm. which essentially just makes your car. And I guess that's another thing we talk about, the evolution of the dashboard screens, like infotainment screens. I think that's a good safety section. Yeah, I think it's it's, it's probably a good bridge. Because I feel like... Because, you know, the farther we get, like, we've been getting cars with a bigger and more in-depth screens, to the point where the Tesla is essentially, like, the Tesla screen is bigger than the tablets I used to have as a kid. Yep, 100%. Like, it's insane. And I'm a, I have a friend at work who has a Tesla, and... I've been riding it with him a few times, and I'm like, dude, how is this not so distracting for you? Yeah. And he's just like, I've gotten used to it, but I'm like, this is wild. Well, so how about we... This thing is huge. This is bigger than my laptop. Let's take that and turn that into a question. Do we think... Like, this is sort of a safety-based one. Do we think that there's too much being displayed to us in cars? Um, I think... Like, do you think that this technology, this, this screenification of these cars is going to become too much or do we think it's going to be a useful function this is like from now for future going there's no good answer i think the answer is going to be a yes and a no um the over over screenification if you want to coin that term that line is wherever the line sits for the driver at which what point are they going to get distracted because if you are a driver who even like okay yeah who can get distracted looking at the little numbers on the radio wheel that is bad for you if you're someone who can somehow ignore because i asked him this when i was because i don't know you've ridden in a tesla um you know it has that freaking detection system where for anyone who doesn't know on the screen of the tesla while you're driving it's detecting other cars around you and displaying them on the screen there it's giving you like a situational awareness kind of thing it does like trees and cars and people and that's a to help you visualize everything but b it helps the car's systems to detect obstructions and other cars and people and make intelligent safety decisions based off of the information but you have this massive screen with all of these like pictures that are continuously moving and blinking in and out of the screen like it's a lot of movement in the peripheral vision that as a passenger i was like freaking lasered on you know i'm watching it yeah it's all consuming as a passenger yeah and i asked him like does that not distract you? And he's like, no. Like I've just, I've just learned to it tune doesn't. out. I'm like, every time I've driven one, I completely forget that that screen's there. Yeah, that's so wild. So I guess I don't know. Again, it really, I don't know what it is. That answer is going to be a variable. The answer to your question is going to be a variable based on the driver, because the line is where the driver is distracted by the screen enough that they create an unsafe driving condition. So that is where that line is, and that line is going to be different for everybody. Yeah, I think it's the perfect way of putting it's it. My my screen in my car personally is about the size of maybe two cell phones stacked on top of each other. Similar to mine. And it, almost honestly, I always keep it on Google Maps. Even when I don't have a map up, I like being able to see all of the site, all the streets and stuff, and where those streets kind of lead, and how like the city yeah. is kind of mapped out around me um, while I'm driving through it. Or I just have my Spotify up, and it shows me like the the album picture and the progress of the song. I I, I mostly have those two. Up. Yeah, so those are like things that I always have up. I don't find that distracting, and that's just me. I mean, my car has a few things that are really nice for um like when the song changes, it will display the name of the song underneath in like in the the screen that's right in front of my like right between my speedometers. Mm. 
Okay, yeah, that's really nice. And it will it'll, the, the song the song title will stay there while the song's playing, so I don't have to look. I can just like kind of quickly glance down at my speedometers and see any information that I want to see there, and that will tell me who I'm on the phone with. Um, I don't know if it will tell me map directions. I don't think it will, but it will tell me like song title. And I think that kind of comes down to a safety thing too, because it's like it's making where's that how far can we push that line of giving the driver as much peripheral information as possible without creating an environment where they are looking away from the road for any like a long period of time and i think one good thing that they've done one good of that is steering wheel controls like i know on mm. my on my in my car i can skip songs oh, and change okay. volume from my steering wheel without taking my eyes off the yeah, road. i can do that too volume hang up call skip that song. is a super mm-hmm. useful for feature i just for this sheer um the presence of i don't have to take my eyes off the road to do anything yeah it's really nice so i think that that's a safety that's a that's that's actually a good transition of safety features added to cars that you don't initially think about like yeah when you think safety you think of like abs crash detection mm-hmm. lanes like lane drift prevent like beeping yeah uh, adaptive cruise control but i think some of the things you don't think about are m- some of the more utilized more impactful ones like steering wheel controls mm-hmm. think of how much time you'd have to take your eyes off the road to change volume change songs i mean hang up a I phone can, call i can tell you because i lived with an old car for most of my adult life yeah it's and a you, lot you don't realize that until you don't have to do it and i think that the amount of time your eyes are now on the road is more safe than any feature a car can give because you're still driving the car. The car's not driving you. We're not at full self-driving. So the human has to be as attentive as like as they can be towards the road at all points and times, regardless if your car has these safety features. It's on you to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so getting you the time you need to be safe is, is a very, very big jump in, in safety features that... I think is completely underrated and like as far as making cars more safe is mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think people overlook that. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like they just think, oh, it's nice. I can just skip my songs fast. But I, I think that they don't understand how much safer they are for something that they just like to do. I was saying one other safety thing if we want to discuss that because I know that this is where it all started is adaptive cruise control. Mm-hmm. Do you have adaptive cruise control? I do have adaptive cruise control. It has changed my life. Isn't it? Like, don't you think that long drives are now no longer an issue? Yes. I still get I still get a little sketched with it sometimes. Um down with our with, with traffic. I don't trust it from to take me from sixty to ten. Oh, I don't trust it fully, but um I'm confident I'm 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 oh, like yours goes down to ten. That's scary. No, I, I think it goes down to well well I mean it's going to go down to whatever the car in front of you is going down to to maintain your mine distance. stops at twenty five. It won't go lower than twenty five. Really? Yeah. I think mine goes lower than that. My car's also like surprisingly smart and dumb at the same period of time. What year is yours? A nineteen. Mm. It just it has a lot of tech features, and at the same time, it just doesn't have other ones like mm-hmm. adaptive cruise control, but no power seats. It makes makes no sense. I have heated side mirrors, but I don't have like heated seats. Actually, I don't have I don't have power seats either. I don't know. Like power seats, I feel like are a weird luxury, not luxury item in a car. But that's a, that's a you have a truck though. I have a truck, yeah. So I think I think that inherently that's just because it's meant to not. Kind of surprised that you don't have power seats. Mm. I actually don't like power seats a ton. I feel like they're too slow. Too slow. I don't like letting them just like slowly move me back. I just reach down, lift up the bar, and throw my seat back to wherever I need to bring I it. I think you're just massively impatient. I am impatient when it comes to waiting on motors. <laughs>
yeah so i guess there is that so adaptive cruise control is nice um i think like some of the things you mentioned lane drift uh notification uh blind spot indicators are really nice really nice i know nissan uh, i have a nissan nissan labels the technology it's like a 360 safety net or a sphere or something like that it's like a bunch of the car's technological safety uh precautions essentially i think it it and it comes on every single one of their vehicles that's which is really nice like none of these safety features are locked behind a trim um, to my knowledge anyway and that includes automatic braking uh 360 cameras so backup camera blind spot detection um adaptive cruise control uh, a few other things so it's it's very nice that they it's nice to see Especially if it actually is true. You know, I haven't done my research past the, just the marketing and stuff. But it's like if every single, like they're not going to gatekeep any of the safety models on their, yeah. uh, safety features on their new cars and stuff. Like you can buy the cheapest version of their new car and you know you're getting the full safety package, which is pretty nice. Like mm-hmm. you can, you know, gatekeep the luxury stuff, but like don't gatekeep the safety. Because there's no, there's no, there's no such thing. There's no, there should be no such thing as a luxury safety yeah. feature. The companies are more and more willing to give that out now. I think yeah, they realize how important it is to have that as a baseline. It's like the whole like uh, backup cameras are required in cars after 2014. Mm-hmm. I think that's the year. Like that kind of a feature being implemented more and more and becoming more and more common makes the road safer as a whole. And I think companies understand that. And that's why they're becoming mm-hmm. standardized. Like the the Nissan Surround. I remember hearing something once and don't take the, they take this with a not even a pinch. Take this with like an, a, a spoonful of salt. All right, all right. But I remember hearing once um I think it was a family friend talking about this because they were kind of older in their years. And apparently their insurance adjuster was talking to them and they're like, hey, we actually like advise you to get like a new car, like a keep, keep like you. Oh, you know what it was? I was talking about leasing a car because apparently like this, this older person was like, yeah, I was actually recommended by my insurance people to, to lease a car. With leasing, you're more or less constantly keep getting the newer model, and because of that, you're keeping up with the current, with the with the with the latest safety features. Mm-hmm. So, in the event that you get into an accident, you have a higher chance of surviving with little. You know, you have a higher chance of surviving with a little less injuries, lower chance of injury than say if you're still driving like a Beater '98. You know, with only airbags. You know, like all of these safety features in these brand new cars do increase your survivability statistically than the older cars where it's still just you know all you all this protecting you is a bare metal frame and an airbag yeah so there's that but again take that with a massive spoonful of salt no yeah but no it's like it is really nice I mean, it makes sense though i do i think blind spot protection has saved me a few times because a, a little light clicks on on the the corner of my car windows when there's a car in my blind spot it's a pretty big light it's it's orange so at night it's not distracting which is very nice. And like a quick glance to my right, I can immediately pick it up if it's on or not. There's never any doubt about whether it's on or not. Yeah. And if that light is on, it doesn't make any noise. If the light is on and I'm going over a certain speed and I turn my turn signal on to the direction that something is there, it will start beeping. That's really nice. I'm like, I'm like dude, that is so nice because that has saved me a few times. I wish I had the blind spot like uh, markers. That's the one thing I wish it? I had. No, I have button mirrors. Oh, that sucks. I've gotten I've gotten used without it, but I I miss. Oh them. well, that's the thing. Also, that's the thing. I will I will counter this. Um, my blind spot detections. I don't think the cameras might be on the mirrors or they're on the side of the car, but the light itself is not on the mirrors. It's inside the car. Hmm. So like, 
if my windows are foggy or icy or it's raining really heavily, the the light the the the, the indicator light is inside of the car. So like there is nothing that's keeping me from seeing that light. That's actually a really nice feature because I, I know that I see cars at night where I can see yeah, the, they have the like little the mir- thing on the mirrors. The mirror and I'm driving up. I'm like, oh, I'm in their blind spot right now because I can see it from the outside of the car. Yeah. So I guess I guess it you lose that is kind of cool like where you can see that you're in someone's blind spot so you can like adjust your your driving accordingly like this person there's a chance this person doesn't see me mm-hmm. but i i would prefer to be always always able to see that light because i mean drive weather conditions can prevent you from seeing your mirrors sometimes yeah like like rain heavy heavy rain if your windows are fogging and your defroster's not working like snow exactly so there's a lot of factors to consider like that but i know Teslas have a pretty advanced suite of safety features. They have very advanced safety features. But more than there's like a lot of other features. I guess you can kind of classify them as safety, but like the break-in protection or what is it called? The uh Oh, like sentry mode? I uh, my friend's sentry mode has caught some really funny things. It's great to look through them. We've had some interesting dis- I've had some interesting discussions about like and we can have this discussion some discussions about this offline. But I mean, you and I both know there are some places that you can't record. I have been recorded yeah. in one of these places by a Tesla. And I thought to myself, like, I'm cool with this. But this raises some interesting questions when it comes to policy. Completely off topic. And we probably shouldn't continue talking about that on this. That's that's probably on an on-air top conversation. That's an off-air conversation. That's an off-air conversation. But still, it's just a No, feat. but yeah, like it does raise another, a question. It's a, it's a, I guess that can be kind of like a miniature little thing in itself of, like, technology going into spaces where... Um, laws aren't keeping up tie into our iot episode Ooh, that actually might be a good topic for another time is areas in technology where law and policy has yet to catch up if you want to see that comment but that might take a lot of research so yeah it's like um these teslas have so many like fun features in them and a lot of safety features are they the future i'm still on the fence i'm still on the fence about the active tracking on the screens also the fact they don't have speedometer i take issue with that i it bugs me to no avail that i cannot look directly in front of me unless i spend a hundred thousand dollars on a tesla to know what speed i'm going it bugs me to no end like i like being able to just glance down quickly to see like i get the thing is like you're going diagonal and I, I understand looking diagonally because, like, I have to do the same thing if I'm reading through my monitors. But I, I'm just so used to looking straight down where my peripheral vision, which is more up, I can still see the road rather than if I'm looking slightly to the side. I just feel like I lose some of my vision on the road if I'm glancing to the side to see this. But I agree. And that's why I'm kind of... Or the, or on the new it. ones where the, the screen is your gear select, that, that also bugs me. You can only change your... I mean, there is an emergency one, but you change your gear on the screen by swiping up to drive and down to reverse and like hitting it to park is that a, on a tesla on a tesla yeah on like the tesla that's plaid. horrible they don't wait they, they don't have, have they have an emergency one below it but it's not normally used they don't have a lever nope like the model threes have like a, I, a like a shifter a shift knob to use i but hate that yeah but you swipe up on the screen i've had i've had a car before i've rented a car before that this the stick shift was a dial like the like the shifter was a dial and I was like, I don't like this, but I'll, mm. it's fine. Just having I it like on a my, screen. I like just being able to pull back into drive. Yeah, because this is here's the thing. Yes, pulling back into drive is a very satisfying feeling. Like if you if you like throw in reverse, hit like a really tight arc, and then drop it into drive and speed off, it's it's very satisfying. 
Here's the thing. I was also drive, talking about not my... speed. Drive the speed limit off. You speed would never speed, right? Um, so I was talking to my buddy with the Tesla, and I asked him, like, so if this screen went out, you'd be completely in the dark, yeah? It does. I've had that happen to me and my friend on the road He's like, yeah. We were charging, and the screen went black for, like, 15 that is... minutes, and they were just like, how do we fix the car? I the think... screen doesn't work. I think this is an example of where the uh, evolving technology has become a safety risk. Yeah. Well, uh, that sort of poses the, do you think this is the future of cars? Because, I mean, if we're jumping into, like, future points, we have our... our... Yeah, I see I see. Yeah, what you're talking about here. I think I this think... is a good transition. Do you think this is where cars are going, or do you think they're going to go somewhere else? I think that we... It's going to be... It's. Gonna, I think it really, truly remains to be seen. I think that we're going to continue to get to a point where safety technology continues to advance and advance and advance and advance to the point where I hope that we start to see a lessening of unintentional errors. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are always going to be people who like, you know, there are going to, there there's always going to be intentional accidents, you know, I say accidents, but you know what I mean? Like people yeah. doing stupid stuff or malicious stuff with vehicles. Yeah. That can't be stopped, or it can't. It may be, but who knows? Well, do you think full self-driving, like let's just say, example, Tesla's full self-driving is approved tomorrow and implemented in every Tesla car? Do you think that that is a good direction for cars go? I mean, this is maybe like a very opinion-based, but do you think it would help? I think the only way that that self-driving cars becomes completely safe is if ever there is no more human factor it is either all human or zero human Ah, yeah i would not give it up and if it if it's zero human i would even go farther to say that these cars need to not have as much autonomy versus it be like almost like a bus system like you get onto like a track and you ride the track yeah like a lot of dystopian futures have exactly in my opinion that is the way that we make safe self-driving cars that's just me i would never ride in a self-driving car today what level of automated driving in a car do you feel comfortable with? I don't. Zero. Even adaptive I don't cruise even, control? Adaptive cruise control, I still... It is a, it is a sense of automated see, driving. But I'm I, saying, I, let's I still drive with safe. adaptive cruise control with my foot on the brake. I mean, I, I don't do also. trust I mean, I it. Think that's like, you can't, like in Tesla's when they're driving, you still have to have your hands on the wheels. It's not yeah, like you're I don't. Away. Yeah, I don't trust it. It's nice that I don't have to continuously tap the brake in the gas, but I'm always ready to slam on that brake. Oh, yeah. or tap like jump into the gas mm-hmm. so i'm never fully disconnecting and because of because i don't fully disconnect i don't really consider it to be automated driving i think it's maybe it's not automated driving it's assisted driving in that case yeah yeah yeah. assisted driving like i dude honestly like have you had a, have you driven a car that like um auto corrects lanes for you uh i i never turn that on in the tesla every time i've driven i can't bring myself because to do it. i i test drove i test drove a subaru cross track oh, that thing is before trippy. i bought my nissan and it the guy we were driving on the freeway and the sales guy was like yeah just uh just try to like drift a little bit i'm like what he goes yeah just just like just let it let it kind of like drift toward the middle a little bit and i'm like okay so i very gently went to go like like i was switching lanes but not really committing to it and the car was like, mm, and pulled me back. No. Nope. And I'm like, nope. I don't nope. like that one bit. At, at the time, I was like, okay, maybe this is this because it's potential. It, it potentially Maybe help this you, yeah. is kind of cool. However, and then Danny did end up telling me, though, uh, at a later time, she was renting a car that had it. And she was switching lanes, and it pulled her back <laughs> into the lane. Like, it forced it. It decided Like, she, she was trying to transition it. lanes. And they're like, nope. Yeah, like she was, like she was in a curve, 
And it was just like, nah. Mm. And she's like, absolutely not. And turned yep. it off. So I was like, yeah, that feature is just not there yet for me. If it ever will. My car buzzes when I'm passing over a borderline. Yeah, beeps. It doesn't buzz when I'm transitioning. But it like my steering wheel vibrates. That's a lot nicer than an aggressive so, beeping that my car makes. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I know it, that it'll wake you. It'll wake up the driver. It'll wake up the driver without waking up the passenger. Yeah. I am not, and I probably won't be for a long time, comfortable with self-driving cars, like completely self-driving cars. Yeah, I don't think I am either. The technology is super cool. Maybe though. you know, like I've seen like the self-driving like delivery vehicles where like there is nobody inside. Like delivery robots. Yeah, like I'm delivery robots is a hard maybe even then i don't trust them to not create an incident i have actually never had an issue driving around with them. so one of my friends uh it's finishing his last year of college so whenever i pick him up i get to drive around the delivery robots first off i love those things more than anything else in the world wait how do you drive around a delivery robot like they're on the campus and they're just driving across, they're like driving around delivering people's foods so, like, as I'm driving down the campus, I'll be, like, waiting for them to cross the road in front of me. Oh, you just see them. And they have, like, a little flag that beeps, and at okay, night they okay, have, Okay, so like, that's one head. thing. So, Sorry, that's, like, I'm gonna... that's, like, the small... I don't know what you're talking about. Those are, like, the small delivery-looking ones. I'm talking about, like, a fully, like, a full-size, like, a Prius that's, like, completely automated. Oh, what? Because I think those are coming into existence no, now. No, that shouldn't exist. And I don't like it. No, I don't believe that I don't that like should it. exist. They should stay cute and tiny and they need to I, stay in the size this is like the, this is they a need to stay of the size and the complexion that if they get in the way of a car that car is going to win every single time with no damage to the driver i saw a video today of one getting run over by a train and- <laughs> yeah see like they need to still design these in my this is just my opinion they need to design these that if they are going to get into an accident with a human driven vehicle the human needs to win every time with minimal damage yep that makes sense because like you're not saving the robot's life yeah. the human life in the situation no matter whose fault it was the human life should be the precedent i mean that sort of goes of into like the rotham's universal design. robots kind of like rules of robots is they they can't harm humans yeah and i feel like you have to design them so that they can't even inadvertently harm humans by protecting themselves mm-hmm. which is means like they should stay small they should stay the size of the task they need to like execute they don't need a prius to deliver a college kid's taco from the local taco joint to their door. Yeah. Like, you don't need a Prius for that. You need a really small box robot that has wheels that goes on sidewalks. Like, that. that's a per, an example of self-driving that I think is a very good form of it. When you get onto the road, you're talking about multiple thousand-pound cars. Like, Teslas are three-plus thousand pounds mm-hmm. of robot-controlled or, sorry, not robot, but, like, computer-controlled actions even in the case that that gets into an accident, it is still going to have so much weight, so much force behind it that if something goes bad, people are seriously hurt. Whereas if a delivery robot decides to bump into some kid's leg because it messes up a calculation, oh my God, you got bumped into the leg by like a 12-pound robot at most. I just think that there's too much risk in the size of a car, like you're saying. Like the size of a vehicle that's automated, just there's too much danger in it if something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And being kinds of the kinds of people who see a lot of tech going wrong, we know it's not always perfect. And I think that's one thing that people are a little blind to is they're like, look, the tech works. Like, it works. They have to test to see if it works. Like, when you look at testing, you look at proof of concept of stuff, you look at how it succeeds. But that doesn't mean it won't fail. That just means it hasn't failed. It's like uh, our Professor Lee's favorite quote. Yeah. There's no computer that can't be hacked. It's just a computer that hasn't been hacked yet. 
It's like technology is not perfect. It will fail. And you know when it fails, you have to set it up so that it fails in the best way possible. But with, like I said, 3,000 plus pounds in a human life, that failure is probably not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where my qualms with the self-driving arise. Yeah, I I think. The technology can be helpful, I think. It could save lives on the road because some people, uh, case in point, Virginia drivers should not have licenses. <laughs> like I am convinced that anyone in this state, if there is a drop of water on the road, lose all their ability to drive. I don't know what it is, but the second it starts raining, people forget that the road is like there's two lanes on the road and they're just weaving between them like madmen. Yeah, they don't stop. They drive faster than the speed limit. Like rain just breaks the mind of a Virginia driver, mm-hmm. and self-driving would save people. Not in this case, that people not understanding it. But it just it's too dangerous for when it fails to to, to realistically implement. I mean, like lane assist, like Tesla lane assist, where it keeps you in lane or like swaps lanes. I wouldn't personally use it, but if people choose to use it, I don't think it's a bad thing, so to say. Yeah, I think that's that's where the threshold of it becoming dangerous is. Is mm-hmm. what Teslas do, where they change lanes for you and they stay in your lane and they keep the speed. That's the limit before we start reaching potentials for serious danger. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I completely Wait, that's agree. a sort of hot take. I, compl- I mean, I don't think it's really been a hot take. And I'm roasting Virginia again. Yeah, go off. Hey, hey, hey. go off, King. Roast they Virginia. taxed me. I can roast them. You know, for everything bad that people have to say about California, I like to think that we have pretty okay drivers. And you should have a lot of traffic. That's really all it is. Yeah, I know. And the traffic has forged some really good drivers. Some New York drivers. They just like fit cars into places that you don't know exactly. how they did like, it. If you know how to drive well through heavy traffic, like Pennsylvania you can drive also. anywhere. Shout out to Pennsylvania drivers at 2 p.m. on a Saturday or on a Sunday. 2 p.m. on a Sunday, Pennsylvania. I've never been more scared for my life. <laughs> I, I was have, just driving down and I, I was think, on the phone with someone who's actually from Pennsylvania. I'm like, how do people drive here? He's like, oh, it's completely fine. Then on the side of the road, I see a car on fire. I th- I'm like okay, <laughs> this is this is just going downhill. I think the scariest I've ever, I think the most scared I've ever felt driving was in Massachusetts. Just aggressive. They're just, I've never, dude, I got, I've never been uh, passed by someone going 75 on the shoulder, but go off. <laughs> Apparently the shoulders are laying there. I'm all hey, hey. against it. I'm not all for it. I mean, they have that in Virginia where like they'll say, hey, the shoulder is a lane during these times of day. That is stupid. It's a you shoulder. Lanes for rush hour. Yeah, but they're not. Are they maintaining those lanes, or are they full of gravel, like the lane, the, yeah, the like the shoulder? Okay, well then that's different. Massachusetts is not. I got pelted with gravel. Oh, like a gravel yeah. shoulder. I mean, it's not made of gravel, but oh, it's all just like okay. loose pavement and weeds and rocks yeah. and dirt. Yeah, unkept. It's unkept. Yeah, very, very. That's a good way of putting it. And I, someone's blazing by me in there and just peppering my car with stuff. <laughs> no, that ain't it. That ain't it. There's a reason that those drivers have a nickname that we won't say here because we don't have an explicit tag, but anyone from New England knows exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like we've definitely cursed. Not There's no in way a way that cursed. is makes this explicit. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go back and listen to see if we have cursed because I mean, going yeah. forward, so we'll just pretend we haven't. To to bring this full circle. Yeah. Let's uh. To bring this full circle, I think technology, the evolution of technology in cars, has been a complete net positive. There's been some negatives as we've discussed in, in our opinions, but mm-hmm. um, overall it's been a net positive and it only has the space to continue getting bigger and better. 
to the point where who knows maybe in 10 15 years driving or just like operating a vehicle won't look anything like what we are doing now and i'm excited to see it i am also. i'm excited to see i'm not a car guy but i'm just excited to see where technology takes us in this in in the field of automotive and um all vehicles you know how can we leverage technology to create a better world and a better environment for the various aspects of our lives and i think it's going to be exciting i don't know that's that's my opinion on it no, i think that's a, a really good take and it's like we said earlier, it's a good case study of technological evolution over a period of time. And if you think of this as a small case study of what the world's going through, I think it shows that there are ups and downs, but net positives will eventually happen. And I mean, going more specifically on the car evolution, I think Sam nailed it on the, it's essentially just a net positive. There really aren't many downsides and it will continue to grow. It's been an uh, interesting journey to follow, I think seeing new, some new technologies come out and then realizing that people don't want them and then they adapt them like you see like some like times at like SEMA or like other shows like uh, uh ces you see like car technologies and you you were sort of watching these all develop and seeing the sort of war of functionality of these technologies mm -hmm. and even if you're not a car person it's just it's an interesting thing to see because it can show you that what might happen to other regions of life that are being techified mm -hmm. so well i mean with with the the pros and cons of car technology i think i will leave it with this final thought uh you can use your steering wheel and gas pedal to play mario kart while you're charging a tesla and i hope everyone has a really good night how was your coffee <laughs> my coffee was amazing unlike the sneaky forgotten coffee review um we're doing it this time it was yeah, it got finished yeah, a little fine. earlier on. Um, I would hope so. You make yourself like a tiny little tidbit, a little drop yeah, of coffee. Yeah, the three ships decaf uh, disappeared because we had a a false start to the recording where I started sipping, and then we reset <laughs> the recording, and then so I got probably five minutes into this before it was gone. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was good. What about you? Yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, I <laughs> I like Allagash White. Um, it's like probably my favorite low quality beer and some people might come after me for that, but I don't care. <laughs> I, I, it's my guilty pleasure. I like it a lot. You stand by your, yeah. Opinion. I mean, I found it at three needs in Burlington. So enough said there. Um, but no, it's always a refreshing, always refreshing after a long day at work, you know? So can't complain here. Got, what is this? Ooh, wow. Look at that beer with coriander and Caraco orange peel. Belgian style wheat beer, say 5.5 percent. It's pretty. It's 5.2. It's pretty light. But um, yeah. yeah overall, very good nice stuff. It's from Maine. Drink. So still, still got that link to the New England. Yeah, good stuff. You can run, but you can't hide from New England. No matter where you go. Yeah.